0: Well, good morning, everybody. I'd like to start with a thank you to Karen Balmer for the fashion tip she provided last Sunday on Zoom. Apparently these things are not to be worn hiked up right to the throat, but uh, look so much better uh, like this, uh, more cool and casual to be worn at this kind of distance. And so I want to thank you, Karen. Karen worked for her career in retail. And if so, if uh, any of you have a fashion question, She's a good person to ask. Well, here we are, week number eight now of our virtual worship series. My, how the time goes by. Uh, Sometimes I find myself acutely aware of this when I'm brushing my teeth at night. I look in the mirror and think, here I am again, looking at myself, brushing my teeth, another day gone. They just fly by at the same pace in this pandemic as at other times. Well, before I launch into the spiritual and theological content this morning, I thought I'd give you a backstage tour of my video studio. It occurred to me that you might think that all of these slick videos just appear out of nowhere, but I want to tell you they're just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, they, they depend on quite uh, technical infrastructure. And so I want to give you a, a short tour this morning. Um, I'll begin with the lighting. Okay. Uh, so in terms of lighting is important for film. And so in terms of the lighting, there's the light. And the switch is over there. And it depends, you know, on the light coming in from outside. If it's a cloudy day, I may have to turn on the lights in the laundry room, and and that's always a bit of a tough call. And uh, as for the camera, well, I'm using my iPhone, but I'm propping it up on this contraption against my computer screen. I found that the camera on the iPhone is better than my computer. so. There you have it, folks. The uh, mystery revealed, the veil lifted. And I only hope I can do that as well for the uh, biblical passage this morning. As was mentioned last week, we're still looking at the Gospel of John this week, uh, chapter 14. Um, This passage... uh, from, I think it's 1 to 14 verses that were read this morning. Thank you to Amanda and Ian and family. Um, It comes as part of a larger discourse called the Farewell Discourse that runs actually from chapter 13 all the way through chapter 17 in John. And here we see Jesus making long speeches to his followers in a strikingly different style than he appears or uses in the other three Gospels. In John's Gospel, Jesus talks a lot more and he seems a lot more philosophical and theological than he does in Matthew, Mark and Luke. The readings for the next couple of Sundays will also come from this farewell segment and so we'll have a chance to look at these characteristics a little bit more. In the text today, you will have heard that Jesus is referring to his soon to be departure He tells the disciples that he's going to prepare a place for them and that in his father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, he says, would I have told you that I am going there? He says he'll soon be gone, but that he'll be coming back to take them to where he will be. It's all a bit cryptic, and he seems to assume that they know what he's talking about. In verse four, he says, quote, and you know the way to the place where I am going, end of quote. Well, thankfully, Thomas speaks up. I like Thomas. And I think he speaks not only for himself, but also for his friends and probably for many of us as well. He says, Lord, we do not know where you're going. Actually, we haven't the foggiest clue what you're talking about. How can we know the way? What way? Well, this brings the whole thing back down to our level. What is Jesus going on about here? What is this father's house? Why does it matter that it has many rooms? Um, And what's this about him going away? I do like this about the Bible. Um, There's an honesty to these interchanges, even a bit of humor. Uh, We see how far the disciples are from really understanding what Jesus is talking about. And I think we feel like we can relate, at least I can. It seems to me that Jesus is operating on a different level than that of the disciples. And in fact, he is. Jesus is a more evolved spiritual person he can see things, levels of reality, that we are not able to see. And so in response to Thomas's question, Jesus gives a very intriguing answer. Thomas has said, well, how can we know the way? And Jesus says, I am the way. You know the way because you know me, Thomas. I'm it. He's telling Thomas that he already knows but that he doesn't know that he knows. In effect, I think he's saying, you know, don't sweat it. Don't worry about it. It will work out. Just stay with it. Just stay with me. And my sense uh, of Jesus when he says to Thomas that he is the way is that he's referring very much to his own life choices, his own life path. Um, He's not talking in a doctrinal way um, as subsequent generations of Christian interpreters have assumed and might assume. We have to be careful that we don't project back onto an ancient text our current understandings. And I think this is what's happened a lot with this I am the way, the truth, and the life passage. Um, Jesus here is not saying that the Jesus Christ of Christianity is the only way as compared to the Muhammad of Islam or the Buddha of Buddhism or the Krishna of Hinduism. He's not talking about different religious paths here. I think he's saying that the only way to the father or to the mother, for that matter, is via this path that he himself is walking the only way to God is by thoroughly giving oneself to God, just as Jesus has done and is doing. The only way to God is by thoroughly abiding and communing with God. The only way to God is by agreeing to submit, agreeing to yield, agreeing to be that seed that allows itself to fall into the earth to die in order to be transformed into something new. That's the only way, Jesus says. And you know the way because you know me. Well, these are profound statements again. Spiritual statements, theological statements. Um, And Jesus' discourse functions on this higher level. And so now it's another one of the disciples' turns to bring it down to earth. This time it's Philip. And right after this interchange with Thomas, he says, Lord, show us the Father. Then we'll be satisfied. It's as if he's saying, Lord, we still don't know what you're talking about. Can you just show us the big guy? Uh, Give us a sign. Show us something concrete that we can see and touch. Jesus sighs. Philip, he says, Have you been walking with me all this time and you still don't understand? Whoever has seen me, Philip, has seen the Father. I'm him. He's in me. I'm in him. We're one thing. It's the same answer that Jesus gave to Thomas. You've already seen. You already know. You just don't know that you know. Well, it strikes me that this may be the case for us as well. We share the same questions, the same confusion, the same reluctance. But if we could just sit for a while, if we would just slow down and let all the questions and the worries and the uncertainties subside a bit, we may realize that we also know we may realize that we already know all that we need to know. If we sit, we will come to realize that much of our questioning is just posturing, just a game we play, pretending that we always need more answers. We have to do a little more research. We need more certainty before we'll finally make a decision and commit. You know, says Jesus, you know me too. You know the way. So let's go. Let's go on it together. Amen.